This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. I'd like to wish everybody a good morning. We have a beautiful audience. It's been so good to be able to come here this morning. Take a break from the cares of this life and to be reminded and to be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. So good to have our visitors here this morning. You have Will Nicole Reeves, family of mine, family of the Huttons, and uh, most importantly, we're in God's family. It's good to have you here from the Bologna area and good to catch up with you. This morning we want to talk about knowing God. To do so, we want to look at the example of Moses. We want to go to a time when he was on top of a mountain. And on top of this mountain, he was receiving the instruction of the Lord. As we know, Moses was the law giver. So he received the law. He was up there on this mountain going on 40 days with God. Meanwhile, back at the camp, the children of Israel began to wonder where did Moses go? Was he going to return? And so they were somewhat crippled without his presence. And so they decided to build a golden calf to worship. Not only that, but they did things in the side of the camp that was very evil. As we know the story, terrible things took place after this. We don't want to get into much detail, but we know that God says, I cannot be in the presence of this evil, so I'm going to remove myself from the camp of Israel. And so he did so. But I bring this to this occasion to, to inform us and to remind us this morning on what Moses did after that. What his reaction was to God removing himself from the children of Israel. The scriptures tells us that Moses, he traveled outside of the camp far away from the people and he constructed a tent and the purpose of constructing this tent was so that he could be in the presence of God again he longed for it he desired what we can learn from Moses is that he longed to be with God it didn't matter if that meant climbing to the top of a mountain, going 40 days without food, going far away from the people, not isolating himself and, and, and constructing a temple, or excuse me, a tent. Whatever it took, he did so that he could be with God. And it says that in this tent, which is so beautiful, that he spoke to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, as a dear friend, as a brother. They spoke 
as it's the scriptures say, thanks and thanks. This morning, what we want to do is look at all the relationship with God. Do you know God? It's a question we must ask ourselves. Do we long and hunger and thirst after God just as, as, as the psalmist writer says, as a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. I love that last question. When can I go and meet with God? That's how Moses went about being in the presence of God. You know, a lot of us are deceived in our relationship with God. I want to remind us of something that Job said. It, let's back up just go ahead. It says, my ears have heard of you. This is Job's writing at the end of his life. He said, my ears have heard of you in knowledge of God. But now my eyes have seen you. And this was towards the end of his life. He had lost children. He had lost everything in his life before he was able to truly know God. So we can learn from his words that we can have a knowledge of God, but yet not know God. A lot of us, we know God. We know the attributes of God. We know that God is merciful. We know that he is good, that he is kind, that he is forgiving. We know that he is uh, omnipresent, omnipotent. We know that he is all-knowing. We know about God, don't we? But don't let that deceive us that we have a relationship with God. Because those are two different things. You see, the devils know the attributes of God. And therefore, they have faith in God. They have no relationship with God. I skipped this verse. But this is what Jesus' prayer for us. It says, and this is life eternal. And this is what Brother uh, Phil was reading about this morning. Those five foolish persons, they knocked on the door saying, let me in, let me in. And what did Jesus say to them? He says, I know you not. I know you not. He did not know who they were. This is life eternal that we might know thee. This was Jesus' prayer for you and me this morning that we might know God. We, that we might have a friendship with Him, that we could be intimate with Him on a deep and all authentic, 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 how's that word? Authentic, thank you. Uh, an authentic manner. So we'll jump ahead here. So there are reasons why we don't. Again, getting back to Job, we think we know God. We know all the attributes of God, but we don't really know Him. That's how Satan sometimes deceives us. Another way is mentioned in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Although these were very interesting verses. Now, if this doesn't sound like America in verse 23, uh, I don't know what does. Thus saith the Lord, let not, met, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Oh, how we glory in his wisdom. 
this stuff. We love knowledge, don't we? We want as many degrees on our wall as we can. We take a lot of pride in that. It says, neither let the mighty man, the powerful man, the one that's prestigious and has an influence of people following him, glory in his might, glory in strength and power, and do not glory in being rich or in your riches. But let him that glory glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. I read this verse because a lot of things, something that hinders us in our knowing God are these three things. The chasing after money, the chasing after knowledge, and the chasing of power. These three things are not evil in themselves, but they do distract us, don't they, from pursuing and knowing God like Moses did. The cares of this life and pleasures, as we know, are thorns that choke out God from our lives. So, this morning, whether you fall maybe in this category, as I see myself in this, I also see myself in like Job did. I, I've heard of God, I know of God, but do I really know Him? Do I see Him as I should? You know, that, that, those words, these verses describe me in my journey to know God more perfectly. So we don't want that. We want to know God as Moses knew God. So we want this morning to look at Moses. We want to go back to this tent that he constructed outside of the camp, and we want to look at three requests that he made to God this morning. Because we're going to find that through these three requests that he makes to God, that we can know God in a more intimate and a, and a deeper level. And then uh, lastly, in closing, what I want to do is I want to basically talk about some of the benefits that came to Moses and that can come to you and I when we know God as Moses knew God. So let's begin. Again, we're going back. To the, after the children of Israel made this golden calf, going back to that God took his presence away from the children of Israel. Moses is in this tent, and in communion with God, so we're going to the tent. So let's, let's read. Exodus chapter 33, 12 through 13. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider this nation is thy people. So what we want to concentrate on is a request that Moses made directly to God is that he would know God's way so that he can know God. In order for us to know God, we've got to know His ways, correct? If Caleb and I have not talked in a long time, and I don't know what's going on in his everyday life, how can I really know, know Caleb? I've got to know what he does in the mornings, in the afternoons, in the evenings, to, to truly know, to know Caleb. The same with God. We have to know what his plan and what his path that he has created for 
us in our lives. So many of us, we, we get off track and we say, God, this is a path that I've chosen to go down. Come with me. How arrogant for us to say that prayer. What we need to do is to humble ourselves, right? Because that is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, is humility and fear to God. And when we start there and say, God, all I want to know is the path that you are walking on. What is the path? Show me the way, the direction, and then I want to be on that path. And oh, Amen. to the world and the Satan has got us on this path, this direction in our life that we have accepted as the Christian way, as God's way, and it's not God's way. The world and everything that it teaches us is not God's way. His way is above our way. We don't understand His ways, His purpose, and His will. We don't, but we can if we just simply beg Him to show us His way. And when we open up God's Word, which is God, and we read that day in and day out, the racket of the world, the marketing of Satan, see, begins to become silenced in our life. The Word of God begins to become alive in us. And all of a sudden, we're, we're seeing, as, as Job says, our eyes are open to the path that we should be walking. How many times do we go around in circles and confuse which path should I go and walk? That doesn't have to be. We humble ourselves as Moses. I know that you're the only way. Show that way. We know God's way. We know God. He's on that path. He's only on one path. He's only going one direction. If we choose to go another direction in life, the opposite way, we can read our Bibles, we can memorize Scripture, we can say all the prayers that we want, but what's going to happen is we're going to find our life full of confusion and regret disappointment because we are suffering consequences in our life that God didn't want us to suffer because we're all different world. There's only one road. And when we walk on that road, that's all Moses wanted. Find that road and be on that road. God had prepared for him. It takes you know to our part to find that road and ask God for it each and every day. Know God's ways to know God. We find God's way to the Word of God. Know The second thing that he requests, Exodus 33, 14 through 16, and he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, Carry us, not of hence. We'll stop there. In other words, Moses is saying to God, God, I don't want to take one step without you. Not one step. He wanted God by his side at all times. You see, Moses was not a dumb man. See, at this time in life, he, he knew what was out there. 
He knew a little bit about this wilderness that God was about to take him through. He knew that it was a dry and thirsty land. And he did not want to be in that wilderness without God by his side. He knew about the giants and the walled cities and the mighty nations that lived out in this unknown land to him. You better believe he wanted God by his side the whole time. It was God by his side that helped him, you see, to part that Red Sea when there was no other way out. It was God that helped him administer the ten plagues on Egypt that helped the, the, the nation of Israel be set free from the most mighty nation that the world had ever seen. It was God's presence. We want God by our side. Be with me, Lord, I cannot live without me. I dare not take one step alone. We say this morning. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. No matter what we go through in life, we must have God by our side. We fight against a principality, a darkness out there like no other. It is evil, and it is powerful, and it will consume our soul without the Lord by our side. We must not take one step alone. Moses was smart enough to know that he wanted God's presence beside him. So many times we're like, God, I got this. This is something that Jay started to say, because she's developing her talents and her skills, and we'll be brushing her teeth by herself. Yeah, I got this. I got this. He said, God, I got this. I got this, God. Go. Step alone. You fall into a pit. The snare. Moses said, I don't want to take one step if you're not there. Something happened to me yesterday. I feel like it's very fitting as we talk about God's presence. I had a terrible day yesterday. By 7.30 in the morning, I lost about $35,000, $4,000. Before 7.30 a.m., that's not a good day. It all started Friday. I got a little rent house, and I need a roof on there because it's leaking. And I got work and plans to do inside the house, so I needed a roof on there ASAP. Well, the, the, the roofing uh, manufacturing company, Specky, they couldn't deliver to like a week and a half because all the rains that we've had. So I borrowed Brother Derek's trailer, who's gracious enough to let me use it. And Friday, I go to the spec there in Van Buren, and I load up two pallets of sheets. It wasn't no it's Labor Day weekend. So the guy that normally runs this, this uh, forklift, he was not there that day. And so the office guy from this forklift. So he couldn't get the pallets of shingles onto the center of the trailer like they needed to be for a safe ride. He only get them on the back. He tried, bless his heart, for 30 minutes, and he could not get those pallets of shingles on the center of the trailer. So they're right on the back half of the trailer. Two pallets of shingles is a lot of weight. So in my foolish ambition, I said, we can be okay. And so, my roofers were going to start early Saturday morning. They needed the shingles to live there at 7.30. So I leave the, 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 the 
stack there, and uh, I'm heading, heading to the house, park the trailer. And I realized really quick, this is not safe. You can imagine, here's my truck, and here's the trailer. It's kind of, they're both kind of doing this in the center. That's not good. That means our brakes aren't working. That means our center of gravity is not there. And so the, the back of the trailer can fish tail real easily. Kid knows all about this. Well, I realized I, I go about 30 miles an hour to the house. I was like, well, I made it there and safe. So Saturday morning comes along. I gotta get the sheet loose. I'm gonna get the truck and trailer back to the back to Van Buren to the house that's gonna be ready. Before I get out of bed, I pray this prayer. Because I knew this was gonna be dangerous. Yeah. Lord, keep me safe, keep me. I also asked Amy, I said, well, will you just follow me? Make sure you're good with your hazard lights, because it's going to be dangerous. I'm going to go really slow. I'm going to truck along. So we left early, you know, yesterday morning, so that we could try to beat the rush hour traffic of, of the holidays. So it's about an eight mile trek, about six miles into the journey, almost gone. Almost gone. It wasn't. So nothing had changed. I didn't change anything. I was going at a safe speed. Same speed I was going before. Something happened. I don't know what it was. But that trailer started doing this. Back behind me. I'm going on a little half-time pickup. My pickup was doing this. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm afraid. So I tapped the brakes. And that was done. It was over with that trailer. My trailer went off the road on the seven-foot ditch. Threw a whole pallet of shingles out of the trailer into the ditch and onto the ground. And then my truck spun the opposite way I needed to be going. So I do basically a 180. My, my Derek's trailer, I should say, is uh, <laughs> hanging off of this seven foot uh, ditch. Shingles everywhere. My truck's on, I'm stuck. His tires are popped and frame bent. And I'm just thinking to myself, Very sad. Like I was drowning in sorrow at that point. I was like, well, I got to buy him a new trailer. The shingles that were very expensive that I was trying to deliver to fix the roof is now scattered in pasture, damaged. And so I was like, oh man. So fast forward about two or three hours. I'm like, well, what a good that prayer did. That's what I said to myself. What a prayer that, that what a good that prayer did. That was the attitude I had. Shame be on me. So we reverse. <laughs> Go back. I'm in the middle of the road at this point. Amy's right there. And then there's a truck behind her. The man that was in that truck, you know he was? He just happened to be a pastor. <laughs> so he runs to my side. Are you okay with me? Are you okay with me? He said, hey, I got a chain in my truck. I'm going to back this thing up. We're going to get this truck right out of the road. So that's what he did. He got that truck and pulled me out of that ditch. I don't know how he did it. He was in a Ford like me. But he was able to get that uh, truck and trailer out of, the, out of the ditch, off the road, so the cars would come. But even before that, God's presence was there. Because when after my wreck, there was all kinds of cars. But during my wreck, there was no traffic. And that 
split couple of seconds, there was no traffic, meaning that I did not hurt anyone with my foolish ambition. Praise God being that. There was not a scratch on me. There could have been. That, that truck just almost split. So, after the pastor pulled me aside, he just said, hey, I can tell you you're drowning in your soul right now. As a pastor, let me tell you, I've learned two things in life. Two things. Number one, don't sweat the small stuff. Number two, it's all small stuff. <laughs> That's what he said. I needed those words. Because I was pretty heartbroken at this point. So, fourth or fifth miracle now, there's this lady. She just worked all night long. All night long. She was going home to go to bed. This woman pulled over and helped Amy direct traffic from hitting Derek's trailer, my truck, and myself, everybody helping. How did that? This 90 pound woman was picking up probably 30 or 40 bundles of shingles. The men know that have carried bundles of shingles. They're awkward, they're very heavy. This 90 pound woman did not. Did not blink an eye. She stayed there for an hour and a half. She did not leave Amy's side when I had to go get some help. Corn and Heston were by my side, Gavin watched the kids. And here I had my family rally around me to help me during this time. Again, God's presence. So I get, we get over getting these bundles of shingles out of the field, out of the ditch, onto the trailer, to the, to the job site. And then I tell the, my roofer what happened because he said there for an hour and a half to learn Clint with my shingles. And when he heard what happened, he called all his guys off the roof. He said, come with me now. So he pulled his guys off to go and help me with the rest of the shingles. That was huge. That was a little house of a lot of shingles. I'm an office guy. I'm not really built for that kind of work. But these guys, they are. They, they throw those things around like, like they're little dolls. Rupert said these words to me. He said, 10 years ago, I bought my friend a brand new trailer because this exact, exact thing happened to me. So that's why he was so compassionate. Because <laughs> he could see the sorrow that was in my eyes. He knew what I was feeling. And then, and then I called the rector, and then he was like a good Christian man. He said, listen, man, I'm going to take care of this trailer. You don't worry about it on the weekend. You take care of what you need to take care of. You call me on Tuesday, we'll deal with this trailer. It's just, God's presence was there the whole time. And little, little school black plant was like, thanks a lot, God. He was there the whole time. See, God didn't choose my foolish ambition decision to haul she was my ship down. He didn't choose to buy it. And yet even in my my foolishness, he chose to be by my side. You see, and that's that's what we wanted about. I know that was a long story, but I wanted to share that because it's pretty fresh in my mind. I'm still very emotional about this. But God's presence, if we just open our eyes, we can see it. Satan doesn't want us to see it, but if we will ask for Moses wanted his presence. I was there every time. 
The third thing that he asked for, we can find in Exodus 33, 17 and 18. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know it by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. What I love about Moses is he was not content with having God just by his side and being on the God's path. He says, I want to see the glory too, God. And that should be our prayer too. Yes. If God would have showed his full manifestation of who he is, it would have been like a nuclear reactor to Moses. He would have just disintegrated. He couldn't do it. That's how, that's how much glory our Father has. He cannot show his full self. He couldn't live. And so he showed a small portion of his back to Moses. But you know what? That was enough. <laughs> it blew his mind. It blew his mind and he followed him the rest of his life. And may that be our prayer. May we want to know God that much that we can see his glory as we should. Sometimes we just have to open our eyes. Sometimes we just have to open our ears to see it. You see, Satan doesn't want us to see God's glory. He does not. Because he knows he will lose us if we see God for who he is. You know, I think about a mother. She has a baby. I've always seen both of you do this. I haven't seen a dad yet. But a mother could be asleep. The baby is down the hall sleeping. That baby can make a little and all of a sudden, the mom pops out of sleep, and she goes to go check on that baby. Why is that? Because she is in tune with the need of her child. I think about a hunter. He's in his deer stand. There's birds, squirrels barking, there's wind blowing. But yet, a hundred yards away, he can hear a deer's footsteps snap a twig. That creature that he's hunting. The same is with God. When we are in sync with Him, we are walking on His path, and He is by our side. We are going to see a, a manifestation of Himself like we've never seen. And that's what Moses wanted. God's glory is all around us. We will choose to open our eyes and lift up that man. I love how Caleb has been watching Saturn and Jupiter and the galaxies at night. He has asked us to, to see God's glory. I love that. We can see God's glory just sitting at the beach watching the waves come in. We see His glory just when we open our eyes and look up in the sky and see the, the clouds and the sunlight and the sunrise in it. We can see God's glory when we hold a newborn child. We can see God's glory when we see the love of brother and sister in Christ. We can see God's glory when we think about our sins and our trespasses and think about the compassion that God has had on our shortcomings in life. It's all about it. so beautiful is that something took place in Moses' life. He left his 
Stephen, Moses and God spent time together. Moses would leave God's presence, and his face would just come off. That's the result of being with God. Our appearance will change. Our lives will be transformed. Not for our glory, but for His glory. So that others will see that change in us and say, I want that. I need what you have. That's the purpose of His glory. I love this verse in, uh, in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into the likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, not only does God's glory reflect on us, but it's increasing each and every day that we pursue God in our lives. Our glory is increasing each and every day that we pursue God in our lives. Transformation will take place. You know, there are strongholds in, in our lives right now that we have been trying to work on for years. Trying to get them out of our life. There are sins, there are habits, there are temptations that are just constantly looking us in the face. But what I love about knowing God is that He takes care of these things. See, when Moses was with God, he did, Moses didn't cause his face to glow. God God causes the transformation of our lives through the Holy Spirit. We have nothing to do with it. We have nothing to do with it. All we have to do is pursue God and these strongholds, these habits in our life. All of a sudden, we're like, that thing was a temptation for me all my life, and now I don't even, don't even want it. Don't even desire it. That's what God does. The sins in our life that we just can't overcome ourselves, He takes care of them for us. Through pursuing Him. Another benefit that happened to Moses is He penned these words. Let us listen to this. Moses penned these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How in the world did he know that? He didn't even live back then. See, when we pursue God, we have to know Him. There's going to be insight and understanding in our lives that we have never seen before. See, Moses received backwards revelation. In other words, he knew all that happened before him. says, we can know more than Moses did. Paul prayed that we have revelation in our lives of God. That we have wisdom and understanding. Through Paul's prayer to all the churches, it's God's prayer for us. That we know him and pursue him so that our minds can understand what's going on in the world today. We know. We're not confused. We know what's going on. God is being excited. 
on and on, I could talk about the benefits of pursuing and knowing God. This is a grand topic. Not only just scratch the surfaces of it this morning. This is a journey that I've been on in my personal life as I want to know God. Like Moses knew God. Like David of old knew God. That's what I desire in my life. Because there are things in my life I can't. I can't overcome. I try and try and I want to. I've gone around in circles before like the children of Israel. Because I haven't chosen the right path. I went on my own and asked God to come with me. There are times in my life that I've been scared to death, fearful, because God was not on my side. There have been times in my life that I've been so discouraged and depressed because I have not seen the glory of God around me. No more. I don't want that. And I know you don't either. Let's pursue God and know Him on a deeper level. Each and every day it comes through to reading that Bible. We cannot know God without Him. He's in our laps this morning. He is the Word of God. Study that Word. Know it backwards and forwards. We have to have it every day or the racket out of the world will consume our minds. We have to be in prayer. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, we can talk to Him as a father has a friend. He's there to listen to us. We will take the time to talk. This was the Lord's prayer for us. We know Him, the one and only true God. We know His Son. So we can have eternal life. God be with us in our journey. I love each and every one of you. I thank you for the kind attention. We have a song of invitation this morning. It's titled, How Long Has It Been? This is a question that we need to ask ourselves as we look inward to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. This morning, if you have not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, this is your first chance to know God and to witness the Holy Spirit at work in your life. We can have forgiveness of sins the obedience of God. Have the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is a part of God working in our lives. Working to change what we can't do on our own. It is a comfort. It is a guide. It is a helper. So if it's been a long time since you've gone to that tent outside the camp and commune with your heavenly father, your friend, you need the strength and prayers of this church to rekindle your relationship with your father. This is that opportunity to make those wishes your wishes We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.